Welcome back to the Dejected Dolphin Podcast. On today's episode, we're talking winners and losers of NFL free agency. Let's get into it. quickly rattle off uh, our winners and losers of the NFL free agency frenzy, uh, at least as of uh, March 21st, uh, 2020. So big winners, obviously, Tampa Bay, Miami. We already talked about it. I think I think those are going to be stellar uh, teams this off or this next c- coming season. Uh, Arizona pulled off the heist of the century. Yep. They, they got arguably one of the top three receivers in the league in DeAndre Hopkins for peanuts. And not to mention, they got it because of the, the brain-dead coach of the Texans. Which brings me to my biggest loser of the offseason, Bill O'Brien. You son of a bitch. Blowing a 24 nothing lead in the divisional round against the Kansas City Chiefs at Arrowhead wasn't enough for you, huh? Yeah, to take the team out back, pull out the shotgun, and just blow its brains out all over the lawn. You son of a bitch. You son of a bitch. Every year, I think it can't get worse, and every year, it gets worse. Bill O'Brien, you worthless piece of shit. You are the worst active NFL head coach in the entire NFL. I hope that Texans management finally wakes up and says, we got to get rid of this fucking madman. The only reason he has had success in the past two, three years is because of Deshaun Watson. If it was not for Deshaun Watson, you would look like the trash you are. How did he convince anyone, anyone, that trading DeAndre Hopkins for David Johnson was a good idea? No, well, here's the thing. It's that he didn't have to convince anyone. He's acting general manager. He's the GM. He has how did full he, control. How did he convince himself? I mean, it's 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 crazy because, first of all, this all stems back to last offseason, right? He was acting general manager, and, and Dolphins GM Chris Greer fleeced him for two first-round picks and a second-round pick for Laramie Tunsil and Kenny Stills. They go 11-5. and five, It looks great. They get lucky against the Bills in the wild-card round, and it looked like they were on the way to the AFC championship game because they had a 24-0 lead against the Kansas City Chiefs. But then a fake punt on a third and long in your own territory goes the wrong way. Patrick Mahomes comes back, makes you cry. You got to go home. And now you have to settle into the reality that you created a year ago. We don't have a first-round pick this year. We don't have a second-round pick this year. We don't have a first-round pick next year, a second-round pick next year. Our cap situation is horrible. Uh, the, The tackle that we just traded an arm and a leg for uh, is a free agent and he wants 19 million dollars a year reportedly i don't know if we're gonna be able to re-sign him which uh we gotta actually check that contract situation because <laughs> last i checked laramie tunsil was still on the open market and he says my god what are we gonna do i know what we'll do we'll trade the best best asset we have on the team and we'll surely get a first and a second we'll surely fix the draft hell that we're in so he calls up Cliff, 
Cliff Kingsbury, who I would imagine was enjoying a nice pina colada by the, by the Arizona sun. Chest hair blowing in the wind, sunglasses on with his very good-looking wife by his side. Probably in their outdoor pool somewhere. Gets a ring. Says, hey, Cliff. It's Bill. Ah, Bill, how you doing, man? How's Houston treating you? Last I checked, you were blowing a 24-point lead. Ah, well, let's not talk about that. So listen, man, I know you're trying to get this whole air raid offense going. You know, I got a guy, DeAndre Hopkins. I don't like the son of a bitch, but, you know, maybe you'll like him. Uh, what do you say you send me, like, a first rounder and a second rounder for him? Cliff puts his phone on mute, looks at his wife and says, watch me go to work. Puts him back on the line. I don't know, man. First and a second, that's kind of steep. And I mean, if you're trying to get rid of him, it must be character issues or something, right? Like, you know, if you don't want him, why, 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 why would I want him? Bill O'Brien, sweating profusely. I'll trade you for for David Johnson, please. Uh, David Johnson. He was he was the fantasy he was the fantasy star three years ago. How how about for him? How about for him and a first round pick? Uh, him and a second round pick. Okay, deal, deal, deal. Like, I, I'm fully convinced that's how that fucking conversation went. How the fuck? <laughs> and Cliff Kingsbury just, like, hangs up the phone and fucks his hot wife by the pool. Like, that's that's exactly how that exchange went. Bill O'Brien hangs up. Ah, uh, finally. Something good coming my way. <laughs> <laughs> right? That's the best part. Yes. Bill O'Brien thought he won, right? Bill O'Brien hung up the phone and thought, I won that shit. We finally have a semi-decent running back. Victory. <laughs> Fucking terrible, man. I mean, just just awful. That's the biggest loser to me. And unfortunately, by extension, the Houston Texans, you are a loser. At least wah, this offseason, I pray for Deshaun Watson. I pray for that fan base. They need to get rid of Bill, Bill O'Brien. He, he, he's awful. And when I said earlier about who did he need to convince, understand that there are people around him. I understand that he's the acting GM, but there are people around him that are either convincing him that what he's suggesting is a, like, there are good ideas or those are people giving him the ideas. And he's like, you know what? You deserve a raise. <laughs> you deserve a raise. And he's like, let's do it. Let's do it. We definitely need help in running back. You know what? David Johnson for DeAndre Hopkins. <gasps> Oh my God! Let me let me call let me call Arizona real quick. <laughs> I just think David Johnson is like, look, I'm not saying David Johnson can't return to form, but like he hasn't been that good in like two three years, man. Like actually, David Johnson hasn't been good since Bruce Arians was the coach in Arizona. So I'm just like, I don't understand that trade. And then the whole story comes out that Michael Irving spoke to DeAndre Hopkins and reportedly Bill O'Brien compared Hopkins to that of Aaron Hernandez and, and about how he didn't like his baby mamas around the facilities. So stupid. And, so stupid. Which, by the way, Hopkins did Bill O'Brien a huge favor by not, like, outright confirming this. You know, Hopkins is the consummate professional. He went on Twitter and he's like, look, I, I don't know where this is all coming from. I respect Bill O'Brien. I, I plead the fifth. I, I love I love the Texans. I'm happy to be a Cardinal, but like I don't know where this came from. It's all being blown out of proportion. He did Bill O'Brien a huge solid because he could have easily just stayed the fuck quiet and just let that motherfucker <laughs> reap all the repercussions. But no, he hooked him up. 
calling someone Aaron Hernandez is a very, very, uh, it's a very big accusation. I just think that story is nuts if it's true. And I can't imagine that if it was true and DeAndre Hopkins told that to Michael Irving, that DeAndre Hopkins even wanted that story out in the open like that. DeAndre makes a play. You know, he catches it, runs for a touchdown. DeAndre, you Aaron Hernandez, some bitch. You murdered that boy. Oh, my God. It's so (laughs) terrible, man. Like, I just, the optics are just awful. It's fucking terrible. Could you imagine? He's like, he's just fucking, he's essentially calling DeAndre a murderer, if if that's the case. I mean, in it, that's true. Well, the way the conversation went was apparently he had to call a meet. Uh, Bill O'Brien called a meeting with DeAndre Hopkins about something, and he said, and he said, according to Michael Irving, that quote, "I haven't had to have a meeting like this since Aaron Hernandez." So it wasn't a direct comparison, but it's like, why would you even bring that name up in a meeting with a private meeting with a player that it just doesn't? It, it if true. It's just terrible optics. Uh, but yeah, so Bill O'Brien's a hack. So I, that's all I got to say. He has there. been. He's a piece of Virtually shit. Virtually his entire career. I've been saying it, I've been saying it forever now. Uh, hopefully Deshaun Watson doesn't have to have Bill O'Brien as his coach's entire career because I think Watson's that one would of the be, premier quarterbacks. And that would be a, a, a huge loss of potential. It'd be a sentence worse than death. Yeah. Because <laughs> at least dying has an end. This is eternal suffering. It's just it's awful. <laughs> I was going to bring up Aaron Hernandez again, but I chose not nah, to. Take the high road on that one, baby. Uh, <laughs> moving forward, uh, another winner of the offseason, we have uh, the Denver Broncos. Yes. Uh, m- mainly because of one move, one transaction in particular. Uh, the Titans traded uh, Jarrell Casey, defensive lineman, for a seventh round pick, I'm telling to you, to Denver, I am telling you, the Broncos held the Titans at gunpoint. It's like you're gonna give me him Man. for a seventh. I mean, <laughs> like I understand Shit, okay. that that was purely a move to save money against the cap. I get that, of course. But to only get a seventh round pick, Jacksonville got a fifth for Calais Campbell. Like you couldn't get a fifth. A six-rounder? Like, you couldn't get anything better? Like, oh my god, that is rough, man. That's a robbery. That it's a robbery. highway robbery. That is rough. So, purely because of that, John Elway, I don't know what you did to the poor son of a bitch in Tennessee, but my goodness. He probably went up to me and was like, so... I see uh, you paid Tannehill all that money. He must be struggling with cap, huh? So what if I... Why don't I take this boy off your hands? You know, I'll give you a seventh. You know what? It's a great idea. Why are you pointing a gun at me? <laughs> oh, God. Okay, take him, please. <laughs> and perfect transition. A loser in free agency. The Tennessee Titans. <laughs> so, Tennessee, welcome to the hell that the Dolphins were in for seven years before this. Uh, this is the pinnacle of Ryan Tannehill. Show promise for one year, get paid off of it, and then fade into obscurity. Ryan Tannehill is going to be the new Fitzpatrick in that he has one good year, tricks a team into paying him obscene amount of money, and then he's going to fail again, and he's going to probably have to move on to the next team. And crazy enough, it was like a $100 million deal. Like, that's more than the Dolphins gave him back when he... Wasn't like, it 118? It was like 118, 
and it, it just ridiculous for like half a season realistically because he came in like week seven or something how are you gonna pay him that much before you pay derrick henry well i think that's the joke of it all right because derrick henry is a hundred percent the reason they went on that playoff run and they had the audacity to fucking franchise because they just ran him into the dirt and then they're like all right the solution is pay the quarterback franchise the running back which just continues to show the trend of don't pay the running back always pay the quarterback that's being perpetuated in the NFL nowadays. And everyone refuses to go against the grain on that because the teams that don't go against the grain on that or grain on that, i.e. the Rams with Gurley or the Cowboys with Zeke, it tends to bite them in the ass. So I don't necessarily think that it's the wrong move. I just think it's funny. The, the headline that came out right before that Monday of free agency where report comes out, the Titans aren't interested in Tom Brady. They're going to re-sign Tannehill. Never in my life did I think that was a headline I'd read. And it feels like a fever dream that I that I even saw that. The Titans aren't interested in Tom Brady. They are set on extending Ryan Tannehill. I was like, oh, you suckers. You, you suckers. suckers. I mean, hoodwinked, bamboozled, led astray. But legit, like, how does this man keep getting away with this? He got away with it for seven years in Miami, and the deal that he signed with the Titans is like a five-year deal, so he's presumably going to get away with it for another five or six years. Ridiculous. I don't understand it. There's a running gag, literally, all over the internet that the Titans paid him $118 million to hand the ball to Derrick Henry, and I could not agree more. I mean... Well, that's what he did, right? Didn't he have, against the Ravens, correct me if I'm wrong, didn't he only throw like 14-some passes, something like that? Like, I think it was like... Sounds about right to me. It was like a ridiculously low amount. Like, I don't understand it. I honestly can't stand the fact that the Titans keep on... Also, the uh, the full details of that deal was that it was a four-year extension worth up to $118 million yeah. uh, with uh, $62 million fully guaranteed. I just wanted to clear that up. But still, I mean, that's a fucking ridiculous amount of money. I can't believe the Titans continue to uh, just basically blackball Derrick Henry after all the performances that he's put on. I mean, it's just, it, it speaks to the league nowadays that, that, that teams just seem to not want to pay running backs. Because they find them not only replaceable, but they also find them to be of degrading value after a few years. Yeah, because you put enough mileage on the car and suddenly it don't run like it used to. Yeah. Like, I think running backs are kind of in a bad place right now where the moment you get drafted to a team, if that team decides to run you into the dirt for your entire rookie contract, you're not going to see a payday, really. Like, it's happened consistently. Le'Veon Bell tried holding out. He ended up having to sign for less money, and now he's on a war situation. The Jets. You know, the Melvin Gordon held out, and, and they said, all right, bet. Austin Eckler, come here, get this work. He's and like, Melvin oh, well, just kidding. I'm, I'm coming back. And now he got, he's had to sign on for like a two-year, $16 million deal. Yeah, on the Broncos, who already Broncos, have Philip Lindsay. Which, uh, like we said, they were one of our winners of free agency. Yeah. But yeah, that contract is definitely one of the reasons, I would say. But... You know, the running back position continues to just look less and less viable long term. And I think teams are just deciding, no, we're not going to pay our running backs. We're just going to go with 
solid three a solid three backfield right and that's it because i mean if you look at what the niners did none of those running backs were really like crazy stellar running backs you know you got tevin coleman who was a backup for the longest time Jarrett mckinnon who was a backup for the longest time raheem mostert who was bouncing around from team to team and he was like an undrafted free agent and that was the guy that ended up kind of being the lead back towards the end of the year so i'm looking at it and it's like yeah, that's the future. It's just going to be paying these like middle of the pack kind of guys to share carries. Which is kind of what the Seahawks are doing too. And that's what the Seahawks have had to do since losing beast mode. Like, and they both got injured. Yeah. So, I mean, it's just like, it's insane to me that the Titans can dish out all that money for Tannehill. And then I haven't even heard a fucking peep about Derrick Henry getting a contract extension. Which leads me to believe that they're just going to franchise him up until he doesn't perform. So my theory is legitimately, I think he's going to be ran into the dirt again this year. If he succeeds, they'll just franchise him the next year. And if he fails, they're like, all right, well, we don't need him anymore. He's, he's washed up, good, used goods, bye. He could also just do a prima donna move like Le'Veon Bell. He could, but I, I, I don't think that's Henry's like personality. It's not him. He's a, he's a workhorse, you know? It's it, like, he, he's going to go out there. He's going to ball out. He's going to work. So, and I think he's excited to get back on the field because of how close they got to a Super Bowl this past year. So, I just don't think that's going to happen, which is going to end up hurting Henry's value, potentially, and then making Titan the management probably look good. I mean, look good up until Tannehill looks like shit again but you know yeah cross that bridge when we get there because that, that that's, that's an inevitability yes. i don't know what you titans fans believe but that is exactly what's gonna happen it it is a hundred percent they're gonna use the excuse i've seen it i seen it for seven years god damn it seven, seven years of my life seven fucking years seven years of hell i remember we drafted that man in 2012 and i cheered i rejoiced finally we have our guy and for years, years, I gave him benefit of the doubt. Only for him to turn around and have his best season as a pro the first year he's out of Miami. How? How, Sway? Hadn't won a single playoff game his entire seven-year tenure in Miami. The first year he's out of Miami, he gets not one, but two playoff wins. One of which was against Tom fucking Brady. How? I don't get it. Bullshit. Derrick Henry. You're telling me we're a Derrick Henry away from being decent? No, because he was injured. (laughs) He was injured too. How many years do we go with a fucking backup quarterback? Yeah, to be fair, I played it up for the microphone, but to be fair, the one good year he had that first year under Gase, uh, we were a playoff team. Just got Calais Campbell, ironically, was the one that took out his fucking ACL. Of course. But... Yeah, so that'll be interesting to see moving forward. But I do think that Tannehill is not going to sustain that level of play, man. I also find it hilarious that Marcus Mariota went to the Raiders. Yeah, I I read into that contract. He's basically trying to do to Derek Carr what Tannehill did to him. Revenge. It's literally like, okay, I'm just going to get this work. And when the time's right, I'm going to steal your job, motherfucker. Which I don't think Mariota will be able to steal Derek Carr's job I think the Raiders are trending upward uh, you know they got some nice pieces 
And I think Derek Carr is a much better passer than Marcus Mariota. So I would say that probably doesn't work for Mariota the way he's hoping, unless there's an injury, in which case maybe he can get lucky. Uh, but Mariota kind of looks like a guy that his his career might be he might be a career backup now. Like he, like I don't think he has a chance at a starting job again. It's probably on the decline. Like I think. Like, he's young. I wouldn't say he's on the decline, but in terms of, like, what we thought he could have potentially been, you know, after winning the Heisman, going second overall in the draft, I don't think he's going to live up to the expectations that were set before him. And, I mean, hey, it could be worse. You could be, like, the first overall pick in that year's draft, Mr. James Winston, who's unemployed right now. Yep. And and in this day and age of coronavirus, God knows if he'll be able to make the trips to – to work out for teams and, <laughs> and actually get anything done, right? Like, like James Winston might be looking at a prolonged unemployment period. <laughs> uh, so, moving along here, you know, we got a bunch of other losers. Uh, the Jets, another franchise. The Jets signed, like, what? An offensive lineman from the Broncos, and that's about it? I just think it's funny because Jets fans thought that they were just going to get everybody. The, you thought the, you were going to get Jadavion Clowney too. And the even Jets he hasn't signed. They had everybody. The Jets were linked to everybody and got nobody. Because no one wants to play for fucking Gase. No, right. That's, again, I said it about O'Brien. I'm going to say it about Gase. Gase is a hack. He needs to get fired. And as much as I hate the Jets, I don't think any franchise deserves that. <laughs> like, Gase needs to be fired. And he has roster control, which is just, like, even worse. For Asinine. Him. That's literally... Asinine. Like, that's salt in the wound right there. Another loser this free agency period, the LA Rams. Yeah. Because finally, years of trading away your top picks and having to sign Goff to a huge deal, even though he wasn't a good quarterback, really. It was just the system. And then, you know... Having to give extensions to guys like Ramsey, Aaron Donald, you're you are in a very special place in hell. You're not only in draft hell like the Texans, you are in cap hell. You have no money to spend, which is why you had to go ahead and release Todd Gurley and Clay Matthews, two guys that produced for them not too long ago. Like Clay Matthews was a difference maker last year. And Todd Gurley was the reason that offense looked so good two years ago. So, I mean, you have to get rid of them just to save some fucking pennies, really. And then on top of that, you got to pay Jalen Ramsey all this money because you traded two first-round picks to get him, so it's not like you're going to let him walk. You know, Goff got this huge extension after making that Super Bowl run, and, and just they go 9-7. and 9-7 and seven and miss the playoffs. Goff looked terrible. And let's absolutely terrible. And let's be honest, it's not going to get any better, right? Because on top of them being in cap hell, draft hell, they are in the toughest fucking division in football right now. They have to play the Seahawks, the Niners, and the newly revamped Arizona Cardinals twice a year each. Six of the hardest games I could potentially project. And they got to do that every year for the foreseeable future. I think it's insane. The situation is going to get dire. And we're really going to see what Sean McVay is made of. Because he, he's a young coach that has enjoyed a very fruitful career to this point. He's going to have some fucking trying times coming up. Would you say 
the division with Tom Brady, Drew Brees, and Matt Ryan is going to be tougher? I think that's going to be what it's oh, what it always is, and that is just unpredictable. There will be a team that separates from the pack. It's usually the Saints. There will be two teams vying for a for a a nine and seven, eight and eight, ten and six playoff spot. Uh, and actually, with the new expanded format, you know they might actually be able to get in easier than in past years. And then there's going to be a team that ends up having to inadvertently tank and just lose a bunch of games, right? And I say inadvertently because it's not that they're tanking; it's just they're losing games, right? So like last year, I think a good example is like the Saints. You know, they separated themselves from the pack. They went 13 and three, and you had you know, the Bucks and the Panthers kind of battling for that second spot for a while. Then the Panthers kind of teetered off uh, while the Falcons, who were like winless, actually started to string together a few wins. And it's always like this kind of weird, like, struggle for some reason. But like once someone gets a good amount of separation in that division, they just never give it up. So whether it's the Saints or the Buccaneers or the Falcons, like I think that's kind of irrelevant at this point. My favorite to win the division would probably have to be the Saints, right? Like they've they've kept the group together. Breeze coming back, they signed Emmanuel, Emmanuel Sanders. Sanders. Uh, so there's no reason to believe that that team got any worse, right? And it's a team that's went 13 and three two years in a row now. Like I think that projects well. Uh, Brady, we already said it's going to take some time to get accustomed to that Bruce Arian system. So maybe they're the second team in the division. Uh, the Carolina Panthers look like they're setting up for the tank. So, you know, the tank for Lawrence, apparently. So they look like they'll be, uh, you know, a fucking maybe four win, five win team. And the Falcons, uh, Dan Quinn sucks. Uh, they need to fire that man. <laughs> yeah, I feel bad for Matt Ryan because I think he's a hell of a quarterback. And they just signed Todd Gurley, who I think he can have a resurgence. Uh, but I think that even with all that offensive firepower, Dan Quinn's defense is going to give up more points than what his offense can produce, yep. which even has been the with, story for two years. Even with the addition of Hurst to replace Hooper, who went ended up going to the Browns. Right. So, I mean, it's just it's going to be interesting to see how that division plays out. I don't see the Saints being too hotly contested this first year, uh, purely because I think it's going to take Brady a little time to settle into that uh, system with Bruce Arians. And then obviously the Panthers are tanking and the Falcons are going to inadvertently tank because they've been inadvertently tanking for two years because they refuse to move on from their shit head coach. Dan Quinn uh, quit. <laughs> Back to the previous division. I honestly don't think that the 49ers are going to do as well as they did last season. Well, I think they're going to be able to maintain like success because the way they're built, you know, Jimmy doesn't have to go out there and throw 500 yards, five touchdowns. He, he can be a game manager. When you have a running back committee like that, where it's three guys and they're all going to have fresh legs because they're all sharing carries, the running game is going to be successful. The O-line, to my knowledge, hasn't gotten any worse. And the defense has stayed pretty good, solid and has kept the same. Uh, they had to trade away DeForest Buckner to the Colts, but they got the 13th overall pick in return. So hypothetically, they can just replace him with another defensive lineman at that spot. That's true. You know, so I think... I think success, like, I think the floor for the Niners, assuming no injuries, would be 10-6, and six, right? So, like, 
if I'm saying that's their floor, like that's a that's an incredibly high honor in a division that I just named. Like that division could easily shake out to be, you know, the the Niners at like ten and six, uh, the Seahawks at like ten and six, with the Cardinals at eight and eight, and the Rams at like six and ten. Like, and I know if you're a Rams fan, you're hearing that you're like, what? You, you got the Cardinals ahead of us right now? Yeah, because I think Kyler Murray is a better quarterback than Jared Goff. Like I think I agree. I think Kyler Murray can make things happen. I don't think Jared Goff can. Like I I thought Jared Goff was a fraudulent first overall pick. Like I, Carson Wentz should have been the first overall pick that year. And they went with the Cal kid. I, like I get it, you know. Team had just moved to LA, local kid, you know, like take him and he had all the talent and all this shit, but I was not a big fan of Goff from the beginning. He had one good year in a stellar system with a ton of weapons. And that was his peak. They didn't win the Super Bowl, which they essentially sold out for a Super Bowl. Like they, they, they mortgaged the entire future of that franchise for a shot at the Super Bowl a year ago. Failed. They hoped to maybe string it along for another season. It failed. And I think we're heading down a path that is going to be quite honestly scary for LA fans. Yeah, because I think the the L.A. fan base has shown that they're a fickle bunch, right? Like no one was showing up to Chargers games last year or the year before that when the Chargers were good. Right. So I think once the Rams stop just stop producing and I mean, they've already have like those stadiums are going to get empty and we might have to talk about relocation again because people tend to forget that's why the L.A. Raiders moved from L.A. back to Oakland back in the day. Or when the Rams originally moved from L.A. to St. Louis. Like, it's because that L.A. does not care for football unless it's winning football. And you failed to win a Super Bowl, so you're not capturing any... You're not going to create any new lifetime fans like that, right? So that, along with now mediocrity the rest of the way, with no clear way of fixing it. Like, I'm, I'm curious to see how, how that gets fixed. I think the Rams are going to stay average, considering they no longer have a running back, and they're on the market to trade away uh, Brandon Cooks. The Rams are going to be uh, what the Dolphins have been for for a while, where they're yeah. perennial six and ten, ten and six every year, you know, eight and eight here and there, seven and nine here and there. Like they're just they're going to be mediocre. 